I'm Patricia Grabarek. And I'm Katina Sawyer, and welcome to the Worker Being Podcast. Today, Patricia has an article for us. Do you want to just tell us what your article is about? Yeah, so we're going to be talking about self-esteem today. And self-esteem that's tied to work, and then how that impacts your well-being. Um, But before we do that, Katina and I are excited to say that we're together! Yay! Um, And we actually, like, discovered an even easier way to record together, so (laughs) we're, like, in a very positive mood right now. (laughs) We just went through, like, ten minutes of Googling how to get it to set up to record, and all that we had to do was plug our microphones in to the same computer and hit record. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly, this is not um, our strong suit. The technology side is not our strong suit. Thank you so much to Allie for all that she does to make this work for us because Yay. we, wow, just wow. <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty good news. Um, yes. I got here last night. After crazy. I know. Like airport delays. I sat on the runway for an hour because there was no gate for us and poor Patricia, who was so nice to come pick me up, um, had to sit in the airport for like an hour and a half and wait for me to be <laughs> able to just like get off the stupid plane. Um but then we went and got in and out. Yum. So good. And then we stayed up a little bit and then we went to bed and now we're refreshed for a new day. Yes. So we're recording and then we're going to go to Nobu for lunch. And Yay. Malibu be all fancy. Um, then we're going to work on retreat content. Yay. So anybody that's interested in that, we're working on the content. Um, then we're going to do a podcast day or evening with Allie, our producer, then we have our first event in L.A. Um, tomorrow. We've got a lot going on. It's we a, do. It's a busy weekend. It's a packed 72 hours or however long it is that I'm here. Kind of, I right? it's less. It's like 48 It's like plus. 50-something hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever. <laughs> There's a lot going on. Um, yeah, so it'll be super fun. I'm very excited. Me too. Me too. It's always fun to have you here. And Katina's our first guest in our new apartment, too. Yeah. Um, so that's fun. Yeah. We actually have a second bedroom that she can sleep in, so she's not stuck in the living room. <laughs> I didn't mind being in the living room, but it is very nice being here. Your space is so cute and wonderful, and you have a nice, like, view of the canyon, mountains, maybe not the canyon. Mountains. <laughs> but mountains. I'm looking at them right, th- right now, and they're really pretty. It is pretty. Yeah. Very true. Um, I think you should mention to the audience, a.k.a. my mother, who was definitely going to listen to this, that I actually did finish setting up before you got here. Yes. <laughs> yes. It looks like, it does not look like you just moved. It looks like you've been here. My mom was on my case. She was like, Katina needs to see it at the best. Not with boxes. And I was like, while I would like that too, I think it'll be okay if there are still some boxes. Um, but I managed to do it. So we're all set up. Yay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it looks really good. And yeah, you you did a great job. So <laughs> Mrs. Grabark, if you're listening, it looks great. It's at, <laughs> it's at the best. It's at its best. Because <laughs> she was here on Tuesday and she was like, how are you going to have somebody here? It's not even close to being done. And I was like, it's not that bad. Like, and also, I'm like the least person that would ever care. I would be like, this is great. Like, I would never be like, boxes. <laughs> not for me. I know. She's just very particular about the way her house looks when yeah. somebody comes over. Yeah. So she thinks I need to be exactly like that, too. Well, you did a good job. <laughs> she would be proud. Well, Maybe. She finds something wrong, you know? You know how moms are. <laughs> yeah, parents are always like that. Like, finding dust. I remember one time my dad came over to my house, 
um, when I was still in Philly area and he like put his finger down like on like the counter. You know how like people do that? Mm-hmm. And he, he like pulled up a little bit of dust and he was like, your house is dusty. <laughs> I was like, all right. <laughs> my dad has done that too. But my dad is over six feet tall and I'm not even close. And so he would wipe his finger on like the top of the bookshelf where like I can't even no. see or reach. No and one he can. can't even see. Yeah, it, right. But he can reach it. And then he's just like, mm, dust. And I'm like, well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dust is a part of life. Like, everything's made of dust, basically. We just have to get used to the fact that dust exists. And if I can't see the dust, like, there's no way I care about it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I wish I was the person that cared about it, but I don't either. Well, there's other things that we care about. True. True. It's just all about balancing our lives. Deprioritizing dust. Yes. <laughs> I, yeah. I Especially dust that's very high up and I can't see. Yeah, we've downgraded dust. We don't care. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sorry, mom and dad. <laughs> yes. Yes. The dust has settled and it will remain that way. <laughs> and there's high up corners that we can never get to anyways. So. Yes. Um, okay. Well, I really want to hear more about your article. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to start with the title, as we always do, and give you a little bit of background as to where it came from and then dive right in. I mean, it's a pretty in-depth article so we'll try to I'll try to keep it kind of to the point as much as possible because I think the points are really interesting but it is a lot of detail that okay. was this article so it is called work contingent self-esteem a boon or bane for worker well-being wow it's um, kind of like rhyming <clears throat> and it has some like alliteration and yeah boon or bane boon or bane not wow. words I really ever use but no, I would never have thought of that title. I right. will say that. Yeah. I, li- I mean, I like it. I wouldn't have thought of it. Very creative people. Yes. And those people are Koi Kendall, Craig, and Tay. And it was published in 2019 in the Journal of Organizational Behavior. So new-ish article um, came out last summer. Uh, so only a few months. Pretty new. Pretty new stuff, which is always exciting. Yes. And the article really talks about self-esteem um, and how self-esteem can predict different outcomes and specifically they were obviously focused on well-being which is great for us since that's what we want to focus on too and there's been lots of research that shows that self-esteem can lead to improved job performance and well-being overall and so this article was playing on a different concept it's kind of a type of self-esteem which is called work contingent self-esteem and that is where some of your self-esteem comes from your work so you're placing value on your performance at work and that is where you're getting some of your ideas of your own self-worth um so obviously self-esteem is I think a pretty self-explanatory term that we always you know a lot of people talk about all the time it's about how much you assess your own value or worth and with this type of self-esteem that part of that value at least a piece of it is tied to your actual work performance yeah I mean I think that that makes sense because a lot of what if you're particularly tied to your job, I think that it makes so much sense that part of the value that you see in yourself as a person would have to come from this activity that you spend a lot of time doing and that you see as being important to you. Um, So I think that, you know, often when we think of self-esteem, we think about just like this like general idea of how we feel about ourselves. But when you think about it with regard to different domains, it's kind of interesting because you could have like, high work 
contingent self-esteem, but maybe lower other forms of self-esteem. Um, so I think it makes the whole self-esteem story more nuanced. Yes. And we love our nuance. Yes, we do. <laughs> research. But it's important because there's a lot in that nuance. If we try to make it too straightforward, then we're not really getting the whole picture. And then what can we do with that if we don't have the whole picture? So um, just kind of as a big picture, they found that this type of self-esteem can lead to higher job satisfaction. So if you're feeling good about yourself at work, then you're feeling good about your job in general, which makes a lot of sense. And we know we've talked about how job satisfaction is definitely linked to um, your well-being overall. So what that means is if you're able to perform well and feel good about yourself at work, then you're going to just feel better overall. So yay, yay, big win. <laughs> but then it gets really complicated. So <clears throat> they looked at a couple of different things in terms of what happens with your... Uh, with your self-esteem and how it ties into different components of well-being. So they looked at job satisfaction. They looked at burnout. They looked at anxiety at work. They looked at your satisfaction in your family and in your life as well. So what they called leisure satisfaction. Um, so all of those different areas is really what they were trying to understand is how does this type of self-esteem link to those different areas of your life? And... The way that it links to it has to do with motivation. So there's like a lot of stuff going on here. Um, first, let's talk about those different things. The one thing that they found is that this type of self-esteem can actually lead to conflict in your life. Um, so if you're putting a lot of effort into your work performance, you might feel like your work is making taking up too much time to fulfill your personal life goals. It wasn't related to family conflict. So we've talked about work-family conflict. Um, it wasn't related to that, which is interesting. So it wasn't that it was interfering with their people's family life, but it was interfering with people's um, feeling about their, their personal activities, personal interests. So whether that's hobbies or going to the gym or whatever that might look like for an individual, what we're seeing is that work-personal conflict can come up from this type of self-esteem. Does that make sense? That makes sense. And I think just trying to think about that, like if you can have self-esteem in different domains, I would assume that people probably also derive self-esteem from their family role. So maybe there's like not a self-esteem or a, a strong, as strong of a self-esteem tied to like a hobby or like, you know, you'd have to make it like part of your core identity in order for that to like come to the surface. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking that, if I'm really getting a lot of my like value from my work, um, if a conflict comes up where I have to prioritize, like, am I going to spend more time putting into my work or am I going to stop working, like shut things down and go do something else? If I don't feel like I'm going to get as much like feelings of personal value from whatever the something else is, I might be more likely to keep pushing it off. But then I might be like frustrated that I'm doing that because if it's like, going to the gym or like something that's going to make me healthier, I might feel like some guilt around that. Yeah, exactly. So what they found is that if I'm a person that really thinks that my value is in my job performance, I find this, I feel this conflict where I'm not, you know, my job is producing strain that it makes it difficult to fulfill personal interests. That's one of the questions. My work takes up time that I'd like to spend on personal activities. Those are the type of questions they were asking people. So if people are saying yes to those things, then they're seeing that conflict. 
And if they saw that conflict, then they're less satisfied in their leisure time, which makes sense because they're not really spending a lot of time in their leisure. They have higher burnout and they also have higher work anxiety. And I think all of that makes a lot of sense because as we know, if you don't take breaks from work, you're more likely to burn out. So whether or not, I mean, if you're putting all that value into your your performance at work, you're going to keep working, keep working, keep working there. You're not going to take the time you need to take a break and take care of yourself. And so you're going to have more burnout. Yeah. So on one hand, deriving more self-esteem from this area can create problems because you view all the time that you're spending as more meaningful to who you are as opposed to just like what you do. Mm -hmm. Exactly. But the thing that was really interesting is one of the takeaways from this article was they were like, you know, while there's some negatives associated with having this type of self-esteem, they actually found a lot of positives too. So it's a, it's a complex, nuanced story. Mm -hmm. um, and the positives come into play when it comes to different types of motivation. So now we're going to break down motivation too. There's three types of motivation that they really talk about. Um, there's intrinsic, there's identified, and there's interjected. And that sounds really annoying that they're all the same letter. Yeah. <laughs> it's like makes it way harder to talk about. Yeah. Um, but basically interjected, let's start with interjected. The question they would ask somebody would be like, why, you know, why are you doing your work? And the person would say like, because my reputation depends on it. So it has to do with, I'm doing this job. I'm doing this activity because I really feel like I need to maintain my self-worth. I need to maintain my reputation. So the purpose behind you working really hard and doing well at work is because you want to keep up your self-esteem and keep up others' perceptions of your, your self-esteem. So that's like a more externally focused mm -hmm. motivation, right? You're more focused on other people seeing your value. When you look at identified, so that is an internally focused motivation. So identified has to do with doing the activity because you see it as valuable or meaningful. So now you're doing your job or you're working really hard at your job because you think that your job itself has a lot of value. So the question they would ask would be, you know, why are you doing this? And the response would be because this job fits my personal values. And then intrinsic is kind of what everybody always thinks about. You've probably heard the term intrinsic motivation. That's a common term. And that has to do with um, your feeling. You like it. You just enjoy it. You find it interesting. So you're doing the work because you enjoy this work very much. Um, so there's those three different versions, both intrinsic and identified. So, um, I like the work and it deals with my values are internally facing. And then the interjected because this is the one about your self-worth and your reputation. That one's more external. So those three different types of motivation are, um, what they measured. And what they see is that if your self-esteem leads to, the um, internal ones. So if you're, you feel like, okay, my performance matters to who I am. Now I feel motivated because I really value the work or because I really love the work, then I'm going to see better results. I'm going to be more happy in my job. I'm going to have lower anxiety. But the opposite for the externally facing motivation is true. So the, I'm trying to preserve my self-worth. That's why I'm working really hard because I want people to see me as valuable. They want people to see my reputation as being a good worker. 
that's when you start to see the lower satisfaction and more work anxiety. So I feel like that was really complicated. No, but no, but basically I think, I think basically what you're saying is if your work is, if your self-esteem is contingent on your work and, um, you're feeling as if your work is only important because other people will view it as important, then you don't see the same positive benefits as you would if you genuinely feel like your work is meaningful to you um, or if you feel like it like aligns with who you are as a person. So the goal is if you have self-esteem tied to your work domain that you want that to result in a feeling of you actually like the job you're doing and want to be like, you see yourself as a mesh in it from like a values perspective or you feel like you're aligned with it, but not just, okay, I want to keep doing this job because it's what other people expect. Yeah, exactly. So the idea is if you, I mean, I think a lot of people, most people that are working are going to have some sort of tie to Mm -hmm. how they do at work. Something, you know, it's going to vary in terms of amount, like, but I think personally myself, I see myself as having this work contingent self-esteem, right? Mm -hmm. I really think it's important that I do well in my job and that really ties into how I see myself. If I feel like I'm not doing really well at work or something, then I, then my self-esteem would definitely take a hit. But that being said, I need to make sure I'm doing it for the right reasons. It makes me think of The Bachelor, which I don't know if you've watched The Bachelor, but like, there's always people on The Bachelor, like the contestants that are like, She's not here for the right reasons. <laughs> He's not here for the right reasons. Scientific bachelor. <laughs> yep. Um, it's like their way of, I don't know, talking crap about one of the other contestants. But it's like the same thing here where you need to be there for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. You're not there for other people. You're not performing for other people because that's going to be exhausting. That's going to make you unhappy long term. You're there because your work means something to you or because you really love it. Like, those are the two things that is going to really help you be better off and feel more of that um, job satisfaction and have, like, the positive benefits from well-being perspective if you're doing it for yourself or for your values versus for other people. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And so they they found that work-related self-esteem, like, in combination with the type of motivation that you have led to these outcomes, or was it that having this self-esteem creates you to be more motivated, but different people have different types of motivations. Yeah. So they actually tested it with in person. Oh, cool. So yeah. So like one day you might be feeling motivated, um, because of of the one thing. So people's motivations actually vary on a daily basis sometimes. Yeah, it can. Okay. And, um, and what they're looking and it, it, but I think there is a individual level piece, like you're saying, like there probably is, something to some people are just more likely to be motivated by external versus internal Mm -hmm. factors. And there's lots of research that backs that up. Mm -hmm. So I think the takeaway for people is to try to think about why you're motivated for your job Mm -hmm. and how can you address it? If you feel, if you start to realize that you're motivated because of, um, of the fact that you want other people to think highly of you. So like, let's just say I'm, you know, a high powered attorney and I wanted to be a high powered attorney because I really think that people look at you and think, wow, successful, mm-hmm. like look at this amazing attorney over here. Um, if that's what's happening, then maybe it take, makes sense to like take a moment and pause and say, okay, well, I'm doing this because a lot of people think it's cool. But 
what else is the, what other value can I see in what I'm doing and start trying to build that motivation for yourself, right? How can you create, um, a perspective that helps you feel more motivated by your internal values or your enjoyment of the job. Maybe you ended up loving the job. So you did it initially because you want people to see you a certain way. And now you're having a lot of fun. You like arguing or whatever that looks like. So then like keep reminding yourself of that. And I think that that works with leaders too. So I think that managers and leaders can really spend some time like helping people understand what the values are of the job they're doing and the tasks that they're doing. Yeah, I think also it's interesting that it can fluctuate because you may want to shift yourself in one direction like more fully, but another thing to do would be, okay, you can also try to catch yourself when you're moving, when you feel that on a particular day you're thinking more externally and try to push yourself back towards whatever that center is or that other way of thinking about it would be because like I can think of in you know in my job like I have to publish papers in you know these kinds of journals and like sometimes people will approach you and ask you to get involved in a project and it seems like their data are really interesting or their data are really good like the methods are really rigorous but maybe it's not a topic that I really care about but if you know that it's going to end up being published in like a prestigious place you might be tempted to say, okay, well, let me just get on that project because I want to end up getting a paper in this prestigious place. But that's all externally motivated based on like what other people will think of when they see it published in that place, right? Mm -hmm. As opposed to like, I actually really care about this topic. I want to study this, whatever. So I think about it in terms of, you know, even if you genuinely or, or genuinely care about most of what you do and you generally spend time, you know, focusing on things that you find value in or that you're aligned with, it can sometimes be easy to get distracted, to get put on projects or other kinds of things that you're working on that might have that more external element. So it might also be about trying to cultivate what you actually say yes to and what you turn down by asking that question ahead of time so that you don't have more of those days where you feel like, oh, I'm only doing this because of what it would look like to other people. They actually talk about that in the takeaways a little bit because they talk about how managers can help their employees get into the right motivation. Um, and they talked about how like, you know, managers can help by being supportive of people, helping them find the value in their work, helping them put, be put on interesting projects, things that they really enjoy to do. Um, so like those leaders can really help align individuals to their preferences and what they love so that they can get more of this motivation. And then also said that managers that are, you know, controlling or they're punishment focused. So uh, if you don't do well, then you're going to get scolded or you're going to get whatever bad repercussions of your poor performance that can lead to more of that motivation of, I need to make sure I'm maintaining my reputation. I need to make sure that people are still seeing my value and it's more externally focused. And that can be caused by your, I mean, they didn't test that here, but it seems like there's some backing to indicate that it, that can potentially cause you to feel that way, right? You can potentially start to feel more of that motivation that leads to negative outcomes if you're being forced into a situation where um, it's all about the image it's all about avoiding a punishment or a, you know maintaining that that reputation of yours um, so I think leaders can have a lot there to help their employees be motivated in the right ways to see the benefits they want to see um, and then obviously as we talked about the employees can do the same thing with with, uh, you know, the term job crafting. I feel like we've talked about job mm -hmm. crafting before, right? Yeah, we have. 
Um, so really creating job, like trying to focus in on your job as much as you can in places that you're really interested in and excited about and being able to kind of shift your tasks and your projects. And I know there's always going to be something that's boring at work, but if you're doing more of the things that you really love or the things that you find important and valuable, then you're going to be motivated in those ways. And that's going to lead to your self-esteem staying high and your, um, overall well-being being better. Yeah. I think also that something interesting to think about is like, I know in this study that they found that, you know, when you have, uh, more of this, uh, work contingent self-esteem, you tend to have higher job satisfaction. Um, it would be interesting to look at how it impacts your overall self-esteem or how it impacts other kinds of outcomes, depending upon the events that have happened. So like if you have a manager that's constantly like critiquing your performance in a way that's not fair or you're not getting a lot of feedback so you don't know how you're doing like i would imagine just like other forms of self-esteem like the more you're verified by others that you're doing well the higher that self-esteem goes mm -hmm. so it would also be interesting to look at like is there what other downsides might there be to having a lot tied up in that value if you're not performing as well as you'd like to or if people perceive you as not performing as well as you'd like to um and then what managers might be able to do with that like how can you give feedback in a way that allows the person to still maintain that you see value in them as an employee and they can learn from their mistake potentially if there was a mistake but like that you're not just like destroying them yeah, <laughs> uh, by yeah. making them think that they're like a terrible person because their self-esteem is tied up in their work Right. No, I totally agree. I feel like there's definitely something to be said about um, the external factors that impact self-esteem, just like they do in any other realm. So it would be interesting to see some of that. I think there's a lot of work to still be done in this space from everything I was reading in this article. It seemed like it was um, not as rigorously studied of mm -hmm. an area, I don't think, just yet. And the, especially on the well-being side, um, like there's definitely some links to job performance, which makes a lot of sense, right? Because... We've already talked about if you have your self-esteem tied up into work, you're going to be motivated by all these different factors. And that means you're going to be working really hard. So that makes a lot of sense. But well-being, it's kind of a, a mixed bag. And their results were kind of mixed, right? In some cases, it led to conflict. And that leads to bad things. In other cases, it leads to good motivation, which leads to good things. So it's kind of mixed. There's not... Um, there's not like a very clear story that mm -hmm. if you have the self-esteem... It's good or bad. There's a lot of variability in there. There's a lot of mess and noise. So I would be really curious to see how this turns out long term. Yeah. Like next study, the next study, the next study. How are these meta-analyses in this topic going to look um, down the road? Because I think that there's there's still a lot that, there's still a lot of questions yeah. in my opinion. And it's rooted in performance. So that's the interesting part about it. There's this other thing called organization-based self-esteem. And that is about, do I feel like I count in my organization? Do I feel like people value me as a person? Do I feel like, um, you know, my, my coworkers show me that they value my presence, like that kind of stuff. And that almost always is uniformly like, it's good if people think you're valuable and it's bad if people don't. But because this is contingent on performance, it's a little bit more complicated because if your performance is good, it might be a good thing that your work self-esteem is tied up in it. If your performance is not so good or you have a manager that doesn't tell you about your performance, it might not be so great. If you are good at managing your work and life and your personal interests and you have a bunch tied up in your self-esteem, then maybe there are ways to overcome that barrier. 
if you're not figuring out how to manage that and you're just continuing to work and work many hours because that's what you see as important for your performance, that could have a long-term negative effect. So like the fact that it's tied up in performance means that you need to put in time. There are other people who are evaluating you in terms of your performance. Like there's just different criteria than like generally do I feel like people around here find me important to have. Um, so I think it's just a more complicated concept. So I'll be curious to see how it turns out too. Yeah, it is definitely complicated, but I think for everyone listening, the main takeaways are one, still make time for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, even if you feel like your performance is really tied to your self-esteem and that really matters for you, don't forget to take a break and take a breather. Um, I think it's a good reminder for everybody but especially for those with this type of self-esteem because we know that burnout is possible. We've talked about burnout and um, all sorts of other uh, workplace wellness types of issues in other episodes and how, you know, taking those breaks, detaching from work, all of that is tied to better well-being, but also better performance. So don't forget that, that just because you have, you feel like you need to perform really, really well, you actually taking care of yourself is going to help you perform better. So take that moment, take a break, figure out your personal life. How are you going to take those time that leisure time and use it effectively? And then in addition to that, think about how, what is motivating you and try to shift your motivation in such a way that you can be doing work that you find interesting and fulfilling and meaningful so that you um, can continue to see improved performance and that well-being piece also stays high. Yeah, and if you manage other people, recognizing that the people who seem most involved in the work, sometimes people ask people to do stuff that seem the most engaged or the most involved or, you know, get stuff done the fastest. And you need to kind of take a step back probably as a manager and say, okay, just because this person's all in doesn't mean that I should be asking them to do everything um, because they'll probably take me up on that and they'll never make time to do things for themselves. So, mm. um, so you know, it's great that you would have people on your team that do find value in the way that they work, but also thinking about the fact that you don't want to take advantage of that and just keep piling on because they'll probably respond in a way that causes them to push other things off their plates. So they're also like higher risk for burnout potentially. Um, so that's one thing. And then also if you're a manager, you know, how are you selling why people should be doing these things. Are you selling things in terms of external reputation or prestige or like someone will be mad at you or you're going to get in trouble if you don't do it? Or are you selling it in terms of like what's the actual value of this work? Yeah, I think those are all great takeaways. And I think, um, I mean, easier said than done in a lot of cases, mm -hmm. but just making sure you keep your perspective in terms of um, disconnecting from work and making sure your your team gets that perspective as well. I think it's really important for people that tie up their self-esteem into their performance. We want to make sure that they are, um, they're focusing on themselves and outside of work as well so that they can bring their whole self and their full recuperated self to work every day and perform effectively so that they feel good. Awesome. <laughs> well, I like it. Um, I now have a word for what it means that I put a lot of stock in my personal feelings about myself and my work. So, and I'm going to think more about this too. Yeah, I agree. I feel like it was very relevant to me as well. Cause obviously both of us like to work and we've yeah. got lots of jobs and things that we're doing. Um, so we just need to keep this in mind as well, because I think 
I'm definitely very guilty of um, not focusing on the personal life. Yeah. Um, or my personal Me too. stuff. Not the family stuff. You know, time with Danny and my parents and stuff, that does does often take priority. But for myself individually, mm-hmm. that tends to fall off quite a bit and uh seems like that happens to other people too <laughs> yeah definitely so um hopefully you all uh take some time today to think about how to sort sort through that if this is something that you care about too i'm sure most people in our in our hive if you're listening to a workplace wellness podcast you probably care a little bit about your work i would imagine yeah very true very true all right well we'd love to hear from you hear your stories um please reach out to us you can find us at workerbeing.com. You can email us at workerbeing at gmail.com and you can um, contact us on social media as well at Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram at workerbeing. Um, and we're also going to put a link to our events. You know, we talked about how we're going to be working on the retreat stuff next for today. Woohoo! Yay, retreat! So um, we'll put links to that as well into the show notes. So if that you're interested in the retreat and learning more about what it is, Go ahead and check it out. Thanks for listening. Bye. The Worker Being Podcast is hosted by us, Patricia Grabarek and Katina Sawyer, and produced by Allie Johnson.